The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Welcome back to The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm joined by Mike and we're going to give a little preview of AEW's Double or Nothing 2022 pay-per-view. Mike, how are you? I'm good, dude. A little tired, but yeah, excited. It's three years of AEW, man. We've had three of these about, so uh, it's kind of interesting to be able to look back at these previous cards and kind of see where everything was one year, two years ago. And um, yeah, I will say uh, this pay-per-view feels weird just from the matches that they have going on, kind of the, the, the storylines that they've been building. I, I feel very mixed about double or nothing right now in terms of my excitement level, which I don't think has happened for me for any AEW pay-per-view, maybe like mm. individual shows, but like, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I'm not concerned because like we know that the in-ring work is going to be great. Like mm-hmm. it's AW, it's always going to be, but there's I been there some was weird an decisions where you said something similar. There was a full gear where you said something similar. I don't know. Yeah, no. this is, I've heard these words before. You've heard these words before. I'm very consistent. <laughs> yes, I guess. Yes, I don't I have. know. I, I will. Okay. Well, we'll get into it in the preview and we'll kind of talk about the things that, uh, we, uh, I feel iffy about. So, um, but Joel, you got your pen and paper ready to, to track oh, all yeah. this shit. Let's, uh, let's get into it. So to begin with, uh, we have the buy-in, which normally we wouldn't spend a whole lot of time talking about, <laughs> but I'm so excited for the buy-in <laughs> Dan Housen and hook facing off with Tony niece and Mark Sterling. And uh, this is uh, this is exciting. This is the first probably, you know, real match that we're going to see Danhausen wrestle, uh, which I'm particularly excited about. Um, that being said, I don't think there's really any intrigue here. Um, I, I think, you know, Hook is not going to take his first L in a tag team match involving Danhausen and Tony Nese and, and Mark Sterling. Like, that just... That would be the most bizarre booking decision in AEW history. And there have been some questionable ones, uh, but that <laughs> would take the cake for sure. Um, yeah, we should. What did you think of their <laughs> what did you think of their little training montage? Oh, uh, it was it was so good. It was so good. I I I can relate to Sterling just struggling through his training. <laughs> like, I get that. I feel that I empathize with that. Um but just kind of like Hook being like uh, Danhausen being like, oh, I don't, kind of like I don't know what to do. <laughs> like throughout that whole segment was just it was great. It was so fun. I have never felt more connected to Danhausen than seeing him just <laughs> hang from a chin up bar and not even attempt to pull himself up. Like, yeah, that's that's about my level. Although I have to say I haven't attempted a chin up in a long time, so maybe the result would be different. Probably not. it's it's just really funny like the whole this story isn't about who's fight like the win loss here it's it's how hook and danhausen two polar opposites in terms of character um coming together to form whatever this is um and i i appreciate the story because like tony niece and mark sterling haven't been like made to look like fools in this like tony niece got that 
squash victory over uh, Dan Housen, and and he's an impressive you know specimen and wrestler. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm excited just to see Dan Housen wrestle for more than a few seconds, and really just kind of kind of the start of where this hook Dan Housen relationship is going, and what it could be. So I think we can both agree, though, that um, Hook is winning this match. Yes. If we want, we could say who gets the pin. <laughs> like, is it Hook or Danhausen? Um, but I still uh, think it's Hook. <laughs> I, I still think it's Hook. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't think we're going to find any separation there either. So. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to the main card. I'm, yeah. I'm sure there will be more buy-in matches announced at some point. Mm-hmm. Um. But for now, we we march on to what's on Wikipedia. So, Joel, what's yep, what's, I, I'm what going match? in Wikipedia order, and the okay. next match listed is the TBS Championship match between Jade Cargill and Anna Jay. This is a match that we've seen before, um, and I think it was a little bit better than people were expecting. Um, this was back when Jade was newly champion, pretty green still. Um, and she has improved by leaps and bounds. We haven't really seen Anna Jay wrestle on TV in a really long time. So uh, I'm going to assume that she's been getting some reps on Dark and that she has improved also. Uh, so I'm intrigued by this one. Um, I, I think something, and this is broader than just this pay-per-view um, and kind of giving away the bag here, but I don't think it matters. Uh, it, the only reason at this point to take Jade Cargill or sorry, take the belt off of Jade Cargill is to put her in position to challenge for the main belt. Mm -hmm. Um, And frankly, with her holding the TBS championship, it feels like a bigger deal than the AEW women's championship at this point, Um, especially because it is consistently on TV. She is consistently on TV and the same cannot be said for the AEW women's championship. So um, I I am picking Jade here. Yeah, I'm picking Jade and... (sighs) What I don't like about this match is it just kind of came out of nowhere. Like Anna J did a random run in what a week, two weeks ago. And that's what prompted this match. Like I know right now that Jade Cargill's in the Goldberg stretch, you know, she's going to beat everyone she faces and she's going to do that for a long time. But that doesn't mean we can't get a little more meat into a championship match like this, a story like this. Frankly, I'd rather not have the match on the card when it's kind of thrown together. What, like, why should we care about this? The only thing I can think of is Jade extending her championship streak. But yeah, like, I mean, I I care simply because Jade is in the match. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's that's the level that she's at for me. And I think it to me it feels like Tony's looking over the pay-per-view card. It's like, oh shit, Jade Cargill is not on this. Like yeah. one of the biggest stars in my company is not on this show. I need to fix that. Um, and see, Jade right now seems like someone that like you could do the old WWE. You give her a segment on mm-hmm. the pay-per-view. Have Agreed. some ce- like, like local celebrity come out, like Oakland Raiders players or something like that. And you just have Jade come out and just like shit all over them. Like, like just, who just are the Oakland shit. Raiders? Sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders. Did I say the Oakland Raiders? You um, did. The Las Vegas Raiders. But have a local celebrity or have some sort of guest, you know, at the show and or even run just them have down. her daddy section out there watching the finals of the Owen. You know, like yeah. there are ways to incorporate her into the show, and she could have a little segment like you're talking about. Um, 
without, you know, going out there for what is probably going to be a bit of a squash match. Um, I, I don't see this being a terribly competitive affair. Um, that being said, because we haven't seen Anna Jay wrestle in a while, I am excited to see, you know, what her development has been like when she first started. And I think like the match, the, the first match that she wrestled in AEW was like her fourth or fifth match ever. Um, and at the time it was like, wow, for being this new to this, you're really good. Uh, and she has continued to grow and develop um, as she's spent time in AEW and she's been around for a couple of years now. So, you know, I, I'd like to see how far she's come along. Uh, and so I am looking forward to that, but I, I don't see this as being a match with a whole lot of intrigue. Uh, I think we can probably move on unless you have anything else that you want nah, to we can move on. on. We're both picking, we a lot we're of both matches picking on Jade. Card, so. Yep. All right. So this is the first match where I'm going to write my pick down instead of announcing it, uh, because I think this is the first one where we might have a different idea here. And it is Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole, baby. So looking at the, you know, the quarterfinals, not the qualifiers, this feels like the, the right finals. If that makes sense. Like, yeah, you know, I really wanted Swerve Strickland in the tournament, but, Seeing what he's been doing, I'm totally fine with him not being in the tournament. Like, this seems like, okay, we got Samoa Joe. We got, we, and also like Joel's, Joe's older, you know, like we probably don't have a lot of years of prime Samoa Joe left. So I'm totally in the camp of get him in all these big matches that you can right away. And Samoa Joe, Adam Cole is going to be amazing. Like, yeah. Like this match is going to fuck. Like, now, my my memory is so a little bit foggy on this, but did we see this match when they were both in NXT? Uh, it's it's weird because like they on on the show tonight, like they've never fought before. But I'm like, I know they're not going to reference NXT, so like, well, except <laughs> I think they would because they've referenced people who have history who have come over from NXT before. Uh, True. I mean, I'm thinking they didn't overlap. They had like I'm just googling real quick like there's stuff where like he definitely attacked Adam Cole. I don't know if they ever had a match because like it would be really like okay it looks like he was on like Kyle O'Reilly's side when him and Adam Cole were feuding last year. So okay. I don't know if they've they've ever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the uh... God. We haven't. <laughs> we we used to be able to tell you what happened at. Like specific takeovers, takeover twenty five was blah 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 blah. You know, like I can't can't tell you anymore. Um, but yeah, I don't think they've ever had a one on one. So yeah, but this match should be really fun. It seems like the right final to have. Um, I am going with Adam Cole when we kind of gave our Owen preview earlier this month, and I asked you like we talked about who we want to win and who should win. Uh, my my heart pick loss in the first round <laughs> poor Dax. Um, but it just seems like Adam Cole, you know, he, he lost his kind of title feud with hangman page. He is a big deal. They kind of need to give him something to, so he doesn't kind of fall too far back. And I think being the inaugural men's Owen winner would be a pretty big deal and something that he can kind of hold over the rest of the undisputed elite and kind of say, Hey, I'm the leader. Remember? So, yeah, going with Adam Cole. So, Mike, we've been doing this podcast for a little over two years now. 
And, um, you know, I'm starting to finally understand why David Shoemaker always used to just pick the opposite of whatever his guest for his prediction shows picked. Because <laughs> uh, I'm also going with Adam Cole. And uh, I, I think it makes the most sense. Joe is kind of on the AEW roster, but really is is kind of more in the weird ROH limbo space. I like that they had Caprice Coleman on mm-hmm. commentary for the uh, Rapungi Vice and... Um, um, Oh my gosh, I'm blanking. FTR. On FTR, thank you. Wow. Uh, Put some all respect I think it was on the revival. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's not right. <laughs> you could have said it. We would have got me all messed up. Yeah, sorry, buddy. Uh, but yeah, I really liked how like they had Caprice Coleman out for that match. And they're definitely like doing things to make the Ring of Honor flavor hang around. And for that very reason, I don't think Samoa Joe is going to be winning this match. They also have been playing up that he's like banged up all these various injuries. He had a really physical match with Kyle O'Reilly. And so I think that sets the stage for a, you know, kind of nefarious evil heel sort of victory for Adam Cole in this scenario. So that's, um, and we still have the ongoing feud between Samoa Joe, Jay lethal Sanjay dot. Um, yeah. So, and I feel like that has to, that will conclude here in the next few weeks. Like that seems like a really good, Hey, this is going to main event dynamite in between a pay-per-view or yeah. that's going to main event a battle of the belts. You know, if they do another one, say in like June or July. So, um, plenty of, plenty of outcomes, but yeah, Adam Cole seems like the smart choice. And on that note, Joel, why don't we move on to the women's Owen Hart cup first Indeed. off, uh, man, we we texted about this. I'm I'm really upset how they booked this uh the Britt Baker Tony Storm match here. Like and we, we won't we won't have to hang on it too much, but Tony Storm was your big sign like your biggest signing in the women's division. Like we thought it was Ruby Soho, and then they had the the great buzz and debut with, with Tony Storm and like to have her lose like she's like unless they change the match she's not going to be on her first aw pay-per-view yeah like and i think that's just a horrible decision like and i think one thing about this pay-per-view that feels weird joel is that they've always had some big multi-person match on cards you know sometimes it's the you know they had the face of the revolution ladder match they've had battle royals on pay-per-views like it feels weird that there's not something like that on this show. Cause that'd be a, a way that you could get Tony storm on this card. Like if you look on the men's side, Darby Allen's not on this card, which is wild FTR, not on this card. Like there's things that you could have done. So I I'm just really disappointed because it just feels like a, a big loss opportunity to really establish Tony storm here. Um, Cause Britt Baker troll, does she need this? So, I mean, I have a few thoughts, right? And and they're kind of all over the place. But the, the first thing is, like, on a very basic level, losing to Britt Baker doesn't hurt you. But to your point, like, her losing this match and losing the first real match of significance that she has had mm-hmm. doesn't feel great. And the fact that it's then subsequently causing her to miss the pay-per-view, that sucks. You also had an opportunity for her to get a big win over Britt Baker And then if she lost to Ruby Soho, who also is desperately in need of a big win, Mm -hmm. it doesn't hurt as bad because she still beat, 
you know, who has been to date the biggest star in the women's division in the company, one of the biggest stars in the company, full stop, in Britt Baker. So, you know, I think there was a lot of missed opportunity here. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about was that a lot of stars, when they come into AEW, have gotten kind of a slow build. Um, The only exceptions I can think of are like CM Punk and Brian Danielson. Everybody else comes in and kind of, you know, has a weird first feud that that keeps them out of the title picture, keeps them out of Mm -hmm. big, huge matches for a while, right? Like Miro came in and had the arcade match uh, and that whole feud with the best friends to start off with before Mm -hmm. he got into his title feud. Uh, You mentioned Brody Lee coming in and losing to Moxley before demolishing Cody to get the TNT title. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's plenty of other examples. But the problem, again, to your point, is that on the women's side, you're only getting maybe 20, 25% of the TV time. On a time. good night, maybe On a, a good night, on a good night, you know. And, and so when you slow build people on the women's side, they just tend to fall by the wayside. Like Ruby Soho has barely been on TV since she was brought in. And she came in the same time as male talent that are in much more significant spots mm-hmm. in, in this moment, you know, and, and, and have been in bigger matches to date. So like you can't use the same formula when you're not putting the same amount of time. Yeah. Here, here's a stat for you, Joel. So on the women's side of the bracket, we've had, you know, the qualifiers, quarterfinals, semifinals. I don't have the time from tonight's match because it just, obviously happened not a single match on the women's side of the bracket went longer than nine minutes and 18 seconds on the women's side. If you look at the men's side, only one match, two matches, sorry, two matches have gone for less than nine minutes and 18 seconds. And that includes Adam Cole, Jeff Hardy, which Jeff Hardy's an older guy. So you're not really making that long. And then Samoa Joe smet like, destroying max cast from the qualifiers every other match is nine and a half minutes or longer so like every match in the women's and on the men's side of the tournament has gone longer than all of the women's matches so it's like the, we we are excited for these tournaments because they're showcases you know you don't mm-hmm. need a story you don't really need a story and it's all about putting on these great matches and letting people show off and Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter, I thought was really good. Um, Rio, Ruby Soho, but like... I, I think the matches of- in this tournament have been good in general, and I've enjoyed them. And I think it has been an improvement over the booking that we typically mm-hmm. see in the women's division. But this still, like, just time and time again, is demonstrated to not be a point of emphasis. You know, there's Hot all the take. talk of, like, Sasha Banks and Naomi, like, if they end up severing ties with wwe with their current situation like ooh, would they go to aew and it's like mm, i don't know that i would why would they and here here's here's my take i would not have run these at the same time i think that that hurts it um because obviously we can tell there's a just a different emphasis on the amount of time um also just like the level of stars like it it the the side of the bracket that had tony storm jamie Hayter, Britt baker maki ito I feel like just blows the other side of the bracket out of the water. 
with Riho, Ruby Soho, Red Velvet, and then Chris Statlander, which the whole Hikaru Shida thing was super weird, too. Why she was removed from the tournament. Like, yeah, it we was, never really um, got a clear answer if that was like kayfabe or not. I don't think it was. I mean, I think it was legitimately a travel issue with her coming back from Japan and not being able to make it in time for their like medical checks. Yeah. Uh, so, but I mean, yeah. Sheena we, is someone who I wanted to bring up here just briefly, and then we'll move on because we've spent too much time on this already. Uh, but like, Sheena's over in Japan working like forty minute matches. Yeah. Like you have the talent in this division to put on the same kind of matches that we saw from uh, Hangman and Omega or Hangman and, and Danielson. Like there was no reason why you couldn't do that if you wanted to. Uh, the emphasis is not there. The focus is not there. The priority is not there. Uh, and until that changes, we're going to continue to be frustrated with the booking. I love the talent. I will continue mm-hmm. to support the division and celebrate their successes and their matches and be excited when they do cool stuff. Uh, but it just continues to be a bummer that they're not being given more time and more opportunity. Mm-hmm. Real quick, I'm picking Ruby Soho to be Chris Statlander, and then I'm picking Ruby Soho to go over on Britt Baker. Because I'm you can't Britt have Baker. her lose twice. You can't like just shoot Ruby Soho into the fucking moon if she can't win this fucking tournament if she makes it to the finals. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I I hope that you are right. I hope that I am wrong, <laughs> but I have Britt Baker <laughs> winning this tournament. Yeah. All um, right, Joel. Well, Britt Baker is on. like Britt Baker is like Moxley. It's just it is unwise to pick against Britt Baker. <laughs> you learned that the hard way. Um, yes, I did. <laughs> let's move on uh, to the AW Women's World Championship match. And God, is this the worst built match like on this card? Like, I don't know. I The promo segments have been weird. You know, you've talked about this before that, like, we haven't really seen Thunder Rosa that much. And I wonder if maybe she had a lot more commitments in, like, say, Mexico, you know, after she won the title. And they kind of had to work around that, which is why maybe we haven't seen her or she hasn't been like she hasn't. I don't think she's wrestled since she's won the belt. No, I she? don't think so. Yeah. So, like. It it seems weird, um, and it just I don't know. I, I the in ring match is going to be amazing. Thunder Rosa, yeah. Thunder Rosa, Serena Deeb is going to be a what four and a half, maybe even a five star match if they're given time. Like that's yeah. what these two women are capable of. But it's another thing of this is pro wrestling. This isn't you know. As much as AEW says, we are like, we want to be like sports with rankings and standings. Like, you got to get me invested beyond the belt on the line. And we know Serena D can do it. We, she turned herself into the like second biggest heel in the company by shitting over Sheeta for the last six, seven months. So we know it's there. And maybe this is just part one of this. Maybe this evolves and grows into something, you know, bigger. But right now, like, of all the championship matches on the card, it's at the bottom with the TBS championship in terms of my interest level. Um, not so much what the match will be because it could, like I said, it could steal the show, but um, yeah. And Thunder Rose is retaining. <laughs> She's not losing <laughs> so, the belt right away. <laughs> yeah. So I, I also have Thunder Rosa winning here and I just want to kind of echo the sentiment, like her booking since she got the belt has been dog shit. We had that completely cringy, like, 
are your papers in order? Are you legal to be in this mm-hmm. country? Bullshit from Vicky Guerrero uh, to start things off where it's like, let's have this championship celebration um, for this big moment for this, you know, the ostensible hero of the people that we wanted to see win the belt and knock off the hated heel in Britt Baker. And then you just completely shit on that moment and, mm-hmm. and give us some xenophobic bullshit. And then like, how do you even recover from that? You know, yeah. like, and it was weird because it was also coming from like a woman of color. Like it was really yeah, fucking but I mean, awkward. Vicky Guerrero is a hardcore conservative I know, dipshit. I know. So yeah. well, that's like, a, that's one of those scenarios where like you probably need to not let Vicky come up with creative. And I I also think a major mistake in terms of this Thunder Rosa championship reign was not having her win at Revolution. I know they wanted to wait until they, cause she won it in San Antonio, which is her hometown, which is great and cool, but the momentum was there to win it at the pay-per-view. Yeah, then you kind of put her in this weird little, whoever wins this match, like between her and Layla Hirsch gets to face Britt Baker. Like, well, and like then that match got already crunched proven. too. Like, yeah, they did not get the time they were supposed to get. I don't know who ran, ran long on that dynamite, but mm-hmm. remember, they were like running through spots at the end and completely yep. no selling everything because they were trying to get everything in under the clock. And like that sucks because it was a great match up until that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm I, just I'm all for like championship, you know, wins on TV. But man, like. Oh, that, something special that, about winning the belt on a pay-per-view. Yep. I was at Revolution. The crowd wanted Thunder. They were waiting to explode for Thunder Rosa to win that match. And it was so deflating. So, but yeah, I, I I think this match is going to be really good. You know, I don't want to take any away from, you know, deep and Thunder Rosa. I did like tonight that, um, you know, she had that interview segment with Tony. I think it does help to have like a talent to bounce off of. If you're not comfortable just going out with a mic and cutting a promo yourself. I also like that. She didn't have the face paint on. Like it's kind of, you know, save the paint for mm-hmm. the matches. You know, we kind of saw because I can't remember a time I've seen her without the face paint. So I thought it was Agreed. an interesting, yeah. interesting decision. Kind of made it feel a little more personal with her. So uh, tonight did a lot to to help the feud out. Um, and I am super interested in this match because to the point that we've said the whole time, like it's going to be a really freaking good match, especially if they're given mm-hmm. time. So uh but yeah, we've made our predictions, so let's move on and hopefully be a little bit less pissed off through the rest of this <laughs> prediction show. I mean, yeah, I, this, we're, man, okay, let's move on to the three-way tag team match for the AW World Tag Team Championship. That triple threat tonight was so fucking good. Yeah. Oh my God. Just like well, the way that these three men move, they're all so different and unique. Like, ah. Well, and you've got like Swerve and Starks who and Jungle Boy even who are like wildly creative, uh, but then both Swerve and Starks like really understand ring psychology and putting mm. spots together in a way that's going to lead to drama and engagement from the audience. Um and like they put together just a really really fun match with a surprising amount of tension for a match with nothing on the line. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
I found myself really, really invested in who was going to come out on top. And I was so thrilled that it was Swerve in the end. Yeah. that They had a really cool spot in this match, though, that I think kind of talks about what you were saying, where um, Swerve kind of like Jungle Boy was on the ground, like rolled with him on the ground into like the suplex position, stood up, and then Starks hit the spear with Swerve holding Jungle Boy up in the suplex spot. Like that whole, like just the transition well, and then into Boy that. Jungle Boy comes down on his feet and gives yeah. a super kick to Starks immediately. Like that whole uh, segment yeah. of the match was so smooth. Yeah. And, uh, and it, just at the beginning, I'm like. I'm so, so excited to have Swerve and AEW. Like. Yes. <laughs> he's been great. <laughs> he, man, he, he, he's over too. Like, I don't know if it comes over because I've, you know, I was at, I was at Revolution, but like it's loud and you know i was here mm-hmm. at the 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 dynamite here in boston like everyone's screaming screaming swerve's house like mm-hmm. people love him so yeah him ending the win here was big i really i kind of want to see him on on rampage give us the other three give us hobbs keith lee and luchasaurus and tr- meat. yeah <laughs> let's get a hoss fight joel you know i love me a good hoss fight um Indeed. but yeah this is a hard match to pick um, cause I kind of do think it's time for jungle boy and Luchasaurus to, to potentially drop the belts because I do think that they need to evolve a little bit. They've been the kind of the same thing for three years, you know, since the company started. And I thought jungle boys like aggression during the feud with the elite last fall was kind of that, that moment, and I, you know, but he's just kind of back into tag team mode. And I do think that if he's going to be a, one of the pillars of AEW, either the character has to change or he something needs to change to show us that he can he can do it. So I am picking Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus to drop the belt here. I'm just trying to figure out which team I want to give it to. Maybe can I give like Team Taz one of the belts and Keith Lee and Swerve the other belt? Nope. So oh shit. Um You must choose. I I'm going with Team Taz. I think I think I think the curse of Team Taz is over, Joel. Did you pick Team Taz too? I did pick Team Taz. <laughs> and you know what's funny is you talked me into it. I had did initially I? scribbled down <laughs> that Jurassic Express would retain. And then as you were making your points about like, you know, they're kind of getting a little bit, bit stale. They haven't changed their their attitude the way that we thought they would. Uh, I, I still think there's a <laughs> chance that they retain here because mm-hmm. like if they lose there aren't really the seeds in place to like spin off into something else for them. Um, oh, and dude, I, you have Jungle that Boy, Christian cage story waiting. It's waiting. well, yeah, but they've kind of moved away from that a little bit. Um, it's, it's always there, Joel. You don't know Christian yeah. cage. Like I know Christian cage. He's always ready to turn on you. No, I mean, I know, I know that, but anyway, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to stick with what I wrote down, um, which is, which is team Taz. Uh, despite the fact that we still only disagree on um, one match. So that's <laughs> I'll great. Say, I'll say this. I do think Team Taz could be a, a, a transitional champion because I do think that FTR having all three of those belts at the same time is something that would be Yeah, they got to go get business. the New Japan belts, though. They're going to be busy for a while. Maybe, maybe. So, but yeah, I man the joke of team Taz always loses is, is not holding up anymore. It's they just the had to get effect. rid of, 
They had to get rid of Brian Gage. <laughs> Big loser. <laughs> I think it has more to do with Hook showing up than anything else. Maybe. Uh, because Maybe. that whole stable is over by association. Mm-hmm. I I am so excited for this match, though. I think this is the match I'm looking forward to the most. It, that usually is how it goes for me, Joel. Like, I'm always excited for the tag team match because it's still, I think, what AEW does best consistently. Like, we've had up and downs in both the women's and women's singles division. Have there really been any downs in the tag division? No. Like, no. So I'm, I'm excited for this match. Um, speaking of tag matches, Joel, what the fuck's an Anarchy in the Arena match? Um, I don't know. Um, I think it has something to do with the sex pistols. Um, <laughs> second Moxley did this whole thing. Oh, we don't do that sports entertainment shit. How is this different from stadium stampede? If they don't tell us what the difference is. I think because they're going to be inside of the building, right? They're not going to be in a stadium. They're going to be in the ring and there's not going to be any rules. That's the only thing that I have gathered thus far is <laughs> that there's win? no rules. <laughs> um, you don't die. Is is the is it the like they just need to make this a, like an inferno match because Jericho keeps setting people on fire. I was like going to say I just, from I Toy need, Story. I need Jericho to come out in full on Mario cosplay and just <laughs> chucking fireballs at everybody. I mean, he keeps calling himself the wizard and he's got to be careful because we know his wife is at the January 6th rally. We oh, don't want him to become the grand wizard. Like we're going to, we're going to be teetering on some really bad shit, Jericho. Um, aye, aye. Sorry. I listened to a podcast about the KK. Hey, this week. So I'm all messed up. It's a really dark history. <laughs> um, but the thing that makes me excited about this match is that we have, Danielson and Moxley in this match. Like what made the stadium stampede, like the first stadium stampede match so fun, I think is just the amount of creative wrestling minds in that match. You know, we had the entirety of the elite, Matt Hardy, Chris Jericho, when he was, you know, super hot here in AEW as the first champion. Like, I think that, you know, spicing it up, doing something a little different than same stampede, but including these wrestling savants or, you know, wrestling minds like Danielson and Moxley. And you know, William Regal's going to get involved somehow. Somehow William Regal's going to put someone in something and break their legs. So yeah, this is fun. I, this seems like a match that you would, you would say like the good guys would win, but it's Jericho. Like, I know, like, I don't know. I, I, I want to pick the Jericho stampede. No, but I just feel like the way that this feud has been going, that they're going to put these sports entertainers over the wrestlers. And they were going to win. They were going to win uh, Blood and Guts, except, oh, don't, we'll throw them overboard if you don't quit. So that was dumb. Um, uh, and then they threw them off anyway. And then they threw them off anyways, you bastards. Um, I, so, okay. I am going to, I'm, I'm picking the Jericho Appreciation Society. All right. Solid. I am picking the Blackpool Combat Club because I don't people. see Danielson and Moxley losing. Well, that's the thing. This match can be weird. They don't have to be involved with the finish. It can be wild. And the only reason I don't think we I'm, even know if anybody's going to win this match. And that could be it too. We both take L's. Um, I look at this. I'm like, what's the purpose of the Jericho Appreciation Society? It, it, 
it's the same thing as the original Inner Circle. It's the same thing as Evolution. It's to help get the younger guys over. Not Jake Hager. Fuck Jake Hager. I'm talking about the other three young guys. And I think them getting a win over all these legends where it doesn't have to be a one-on-one match. Like, yeah, you don't want, you know, Angelo Parker beating, you know, Danielson. But if you can have them say, hey, look, we beat all these legends over there managed by William Regal. So I don't feel good about this. I don't feel good about this pick. Because <laughs> <laughs> now I'm realizing, oh, we don't want the Blackpool Combat Club losing this early either. Fuck. Yeah, whatever. Put me down for Jericho Appreciation Society and we'll figure it out later. All right. It's in the book. It is in the book. Yeah. Next up, we have a six-man tag team match between House of Black and the reunited Death Triangle at full strength. How many times has Death Triangle reunited to add to be to reach full strength? Like fuck. Like I get it. <laughs> Backless overseas. Phoenix has gotten hurt. But like I don't really care about Death Triangle anymore. I care about the Lucha Bros, because they're awesome and put them in my tag division and I'm a happy camper. Let me have some singles matches for titles. Great. And also, like, they kind of did this match, except it was with freaking Redbeard at Revolution. So I don't know. This feels weird that this story is still going on because it seemed like it had to stop for a while. Um, And I don't. Yeah, I don't. I really don't care. I know it's going to be fun, but I don't care. I mean, I'm really digging what House of Black is doing. Um, I've really enjoyed their segments. I think they're an interesting collection of wrestlers um, because, you know, you've got Brody King, who is just a freak athlete. Mm -hmm. Like the way that he moves at his size, his combination of power and agility and just his stature, like he's such an imposing figure. And then you've got kind of the Phil Jackson Zen master of the group in <laughs> Malachi Black. Uh, and, we need more Zen master references and, on this podcast. And Buddy Matthews, you know, being Kenny Omega Light. And it's just a fascinating combination. And then you flip it over to the other side. You've got Evil Penta. You've got Angel Phoenix. And then you've got the bastard just doing whatever he wants. I mean, this <laughs> just being a bastard. <laughs> this match, I think, is going to be a lot better than anybody thinks going into it, in part because I think it's going to be short. Um, I don't think this match is getting a ton of time. And AEW always over delivers on these random six man tag matches mm-hmm. that don't mean anything. It's like, oh, let's just go out the- and tear the house down. The one at the buy-in was really fun at Revolution. Like, it was a fun, chaotic little match. I'm just more so of, it just feels like the momentum of this story has faded. Mm-hmm. Especially because you had Phoenix and the Owen just like two weeks ago. Wasn't really involved with this. And I was really curious, like, nothing ever really came of the Julia Hart stuff from a few weeks ago either. Like, I want to know, is Julia Hart going to, like, come out, have her face completely look like the Two-Face, and just fuck shit up? So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I am picking House of Black. Seems like the heel faction needs the win here. Because um, I could easily see, like, you know, Malachi Black being a contender for the AW Championship over the summer. Like, he seems like someone that you could put into a story, either could, could even be a pay per view match. But I feel like, you know, get them their wins. And, you know, if, or, you know, you have. If Hangman Page loses, you know, have House of Black come after him. That'd be a fun little 
try to corrupt him. So I'm going with House of Black. And I think you are too, probably. I actually picked Death Triangle here. Oh, oh, um, oh yay. You saved me with my Jericho Appreciation Society pick. I, you know, I am a sucker for Angel Phoenix. So <laughs> the the white gear and then he's got, you know, Penta doing his whole Oscuro dark character thing. I, I dig it. And I'm just I'm totally into what they're what they're doing. So uh, I'll pick the baby faces in this scenario. All right. Next up, a match that I'm not excited about. And that feels weird. <sighs> Bucks and Hardys. This feels like buy-in material to me, which is really strange. A few things. The build has been weird. Like, I I texted you, I'm like, last week, I'm like, oh, yeah, the Jeff's going to lose Adam Cole, and that's going to set up this Young Bucks-Hardys match. Like, I feel like the Owen has been a little bit of a detriment to building this card because they've had all these stars in the tournament who are also, like, involved in other now major matches at the pay-per-view. So, like... If you had uh, maybe a month longer to build this. And also, Tony Khan owns the Ring of Honor library. They had matches in Ring of Honor before the Hardys went back to WWE. Like, you could hype us up with some of their previous matches. And, like, we know for a fact, like, they, the Hardys tonight said, you've never beaten us. Bullshit. We know they beat you. Because they beat you in that ladder war before you went back to WWE. So, it's just weird, like. And also, I think for me, Joel, one of the issues that I have with this match is I just don't think the Hardys have it anymore. Like, Jeff has kind of surprised me the last few weeks in his singles matches and the Owen. Like, even his match with Adam Cole, I thought, like, okay, this isn't usually the type of match I would see from a Jeff Hardy, but he 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 did really well. But I just don't know if they have what they have it. And this seems like another way of like, hey, Tony, the Young Bucks aren't on the card. How do we fix this? Like... Well, I mean, I, I think there there are a lot of people who still think of this as a dream match. And I think it was a dream match when it happened. Well, how long ago? Five years five ago. Years 2017. Ago? Yeah. Yeah. You were at, in Orlando. It, 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 was when a, it was a dream match five years ago. And had we not been going to NXT TakeOver that night, we, we would have been that. at that Ring of Honor show. Uh, I don't and, regret going to that TakeOver, though. That was a fun no, TakeOver. No, not at all. <laughs> and it was in Orlando and not in Fumbuck, Florida. Yep. So, yeah. So it's one of those things now it's, you know, we haven't seen it on a major wrestling company. So that's, I think the difference here is like, Hey, yeah, it might be a little pet. And you know what? Like it's a, it's a tag match, but it could easily the night before or the day of being like, Hey, you know, the Hardys requested this be, you know, a hardcore match or a lights out type of something like that. So they could make it more of a, kind of train wreck than a tag match because i just don't think they can do it anymore in a traditional tag setting and that that worries me i mean we'll see right i wouldn't put it past them to absolutely sell out empty the tank and Mm -hmm. put on a great match and i will say matt looks in way better shape than i think Mm -hmm. at any point in his AEW run jeff hardy like yeah he looks you know he's an old man he's in his what 40s now he looks like like he's gonna He's, but he's, but he he's looks looked, like Jeff. He's looked like that for years. Yeah. Like, so like, you know, I, it's one of those, it's a, it's a match that I'm like, it's going to be a cool moment to see them in the ring together. And then we just, anything else they deliver, I'm looking at as like a cherry on top. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just a weird situation because I'm kind of bored with both teams. So like, I don't feel any kind of investment. And I think it's probably going to be 
pretty prominently placed on the card and probably get more time than it should. Um, And and that kind of bums me out because this is a jam-packed card. And, uh, you know. It's interesting you said you're bored of both teams because I, too, have felt a little bored with the Young Bucks. Similar to, like, yeah, they had their heel turn last year and then they were kind of diabolical. But, like, (laughs) we've seen shit heel... Young Their Bucks and Ring of Honor. thing during the Adam Cole and Hangman Page feud where they were like, no, we're not doing this to Hangman. Like, it was a really cool moment. But then ever since then, their status has not made sense because mm-hmm. like this whole undisputed elite thing really is not working for me. No, I, I wonder if they thought maybe they could get Kenny back earlier. Because there were reports that like, hey, you know, maybe he'll surprise us because, you know, we thought that it was going to lead to an elite versus the Undisputed Era story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe if, you know, you bring Hangman Page back in the fold and that's the catalyst, like if Page loses to Punk, maybe that can be the catalyst to get this story going without Kenny Omega. But yeah, it it just, yeah, it seems like, and they've kind of lost the momentum of even being like, yeah, they're the best tag team in AW because I think that's FTR right now. <laughs> Just from like the momentum and the like the opportunities they've had to put on matches yeah, this year. I, I think that old argument is settled. At is least it settled in my mind. FTR is the best tag team on the fucking planet. And yeah. like frankly, I don't think it's close. Yeah, so it's it's just weird because you know, they're EVPs, you know, they're mm-hmm. they're there's no AEW without the Young Bucks. And like, I think Kenny Omega being gone right now with the injury. Yeah, it sucks that he needed all these surgeries, but I think it's going to help him when he comes back because we're not going to be sick of him or like we're going to have the return energy. But then like we, it's Kenny, like he could come back with a completely different persona, a different attitude like he could come back with a different ring style for all we know because it's kenny so you know mm. the last thing i'll say about this is i feel like we're getting the worst of both worlds with the bucks right now which is they're not off tv but they're also not doing anything yeah it'd be better just to not have them on tv for three months go go rest exactly other wrestlers in this company do indie shows like hey go do some roster run stacked right now it is it is and like like this feels like a way to get the young bucks on the card because it's it's double or nothing it's a pay-per-view you only get i guess five of these now with the njpw show but well, you only get four aw shows trying a year. to you know highlight jeff and i don't think his run is going to be very long at all like possibly not more than a year and if you're trying to hit a whole bunch of moments um, for this last run for the Hardys, mm-hmm. then yeah, this is one of the ones you need to hit. Like they already did Jeff and Darby, which was one of the big ones that everybody had talked mm-hmm. about because of their similarities. That match was fun. And that it match was, was fun. it was fun. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. I think we've said enough. What's your pick? Yeah. Uh, I'm going the Hardys. Me too. If you're doing kind of a retirement run like this, you know, got to get always, some W's. Yeah. You can always run this back next year. Have the young bucks retire the Hardys. Like it would sure. make sense story wise. So this won't be the last time I think we see these guys. Um, 
All right. Okay. Next up. Talking MJF about and Wardlow. <laughs> the best story on this card? Yeah, I think so. Like, Although, yeah. after tonight's promo, Hangman Page and CM Punk, we'll talk yeah, about we'll it in a minute. we'll talk about that. Holy crap. Joel, I, I texted you earlier saying, I've been waiting for this, and you weren't watching live yet. I know can what you're you talking guess? about, though. Can, oh, yeah. What you're was talking I talking about? about? Wardlow breaking the handcuffs. <laughs> oh. I mean, we've only been talking about it for, like, what, a month and a half at this uh-huh. point? Uh-huh. Oh, and man, we've we've criticized some booking tonight. Leaving that till the cage match was the right fucking decision. Yeah. Like where he's getting beat down, he's outnumbered, he's handcuffed, and him saying, Take these off me, and MJF is like, No, and then he just goes, Oh man. It was so cool. I they are booking Wardlow right in this feud. I think we talked about last week that we're a little concerned on what happens after the MJF story ends because you can attribute a lot of the Wardlow love to just putting MJF in his place, but I'm enjoying this right now. This has been super fun. Um, props to MJF for taking what looked like an unprotected chair shot. I couldn't tell because of the camera angle, but he sold the shit out of that. Even if it wasn't like he just, he did not move for the remainder of that match. So do we give props for that? I don't think we give props for that. I think, we probably think, shouldn't. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I am not co-signing that. No props <laughs> for taking unprotected chair shots. It was dumb when Cody did it. Mm. And if that's what they did, which the camera angle, it was hard to tell. The camera angle uh, is hard to tell. He could have gotten his hands up in time or he could have even like pulled back on it. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can I say props for the cell job? Because he oh. literally did not move. Yeah, I mean, after he, he took the shot, fantastically, but <laughs> like, like, yeah, I, I sincerely okay, hope that that is not what happened. Um, and what made the Cody one so bad is that he like busted him open too because it like caught the back of his head. Um, but yeah, this this has been a really fun story. Um, just kind of the contrast with the Cody Road story too. Like Wardlow last week, no selling the the strap shots when Cody was like, we thought Cody was gonna die as he took his trap shots um it's just been it's been a really fun story and it's kind of like mjf's a super villain he he has a formula <laughs> like he has a routine um this is what mjf does so uh yeah and you can't pick anyone but wardlow yeah <laughs> like because the whole stipulation is wardlow will be permanently banned from signing with AEW. It would be funny if he's like, okay, I work with Ring of Honor now. But yeah, <laughs> there, you're, you can't have Wardlow lose this match. MJF will be fine. I think MJF is incapable of being hurt by a loss because what he brings to the table isn't so much wins and losses. It's he puts people over by being such a shit heel. You know, it's interesting and it's because you say that, I've said that, but I think part of what makes that effective and makes that true is that he is protected he hardly ever loses that's true i think if he lost a bunch we would start to feel differently about it he Um, also doesn't wrestle that much he that's true that's true yeah he can afford to lose in spots like this because he hardly ever loses Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of the same thing with jericho honestly like he's lost in a ton of his high profile feuds in the big match at the end of the feud but he's able to do that and absorb that because he's winning all the rest of the time. Um, and I think that's yeah. kind of one of the decided differences between AEW booking and the other wrestling company where 
you know, the, the whole 50, 50 booking just completely prevents you for, from making real stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it's important that he wins most of the time, but I agree. This is a match that he's got to lose because, you know, the fans want to see Wardlow unleashed on this division yeah. and on this company. And, like his moment where he was standing tall on top of the cage, pointing at MJF on the stage. That was, I mean, that was so cool. I love that. There's only one person I want Wardlow to challenge after this feud is done. And Joel, that's Jade Cargill. (laughs) 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 Let let those two just freaking destroy each other. He ain't ready. (laughs) He ain't ready. Yeah. He ain't, he ain't ready for the baddies. Um, yeah, I thought you would get a kick out of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jade Cargill would destroy him. I love Wardlow, uh-huh. but he'd be yeah. left laying in a pool of his own blood. <laughs> I mean, a triple threat match between Jade Cargill, Wardlow, and ha- 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 Hangman Adam Page, I think would be your your death. I think you would just cease to exist. <laughs> the the just... three people that I am decidedly behind the most in this company. With Dan, yeah. with Dan Housen as a special guest referee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very nice, very evil. Very nice for you. Right. Let's move on to the main events. Yes, we, we have proceeded Henry. inexorably to the main events. And um, I'm scared. I'm scared and Joel. I'm nervous it's and happening. I hate it. And I, I don't have warm, fuzzy feelings about this. Uh, but before we get into talking about the pay-per-view match, let's talk about the promo from tonight's Dynamite because I, I feel strongly that this is the best hangman page has been on the mic oh it's so like, good just his delivery was excellent yep and it's 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 kind of this like his whole thing is i am saving aw from you basically like cm yeah. punk i am saving this company that hey this hangman page is, was there since day one he's one of their first you know, signings announced. He's headlined multiple pay-per-views. He's had match of the year matches with AW. He's the champion. And it is, you know, it's something we've talked about as fans. How do you handle AW when you're bringing in all these outside stars? And how do the originals or younger or AW lifers respond? And CM Punk has gone through a lot of those guys. He's gone through Darby Allen. He's gone through MJF. He didn't, you know, that feud was a 50-50, but uh, he still fought those guys. And right now, really, the only big, like, original guy other than Kenny Omega right now is, like, Hangman Page. And I can see, like, we've been wondering for weeks, why is Hangman Page so agitated? Why is Hangman Page so angry? And he's like, I'm not going to let you take away what I've busted my ass and worked way longer and harder for because you're CM Punk. Well, um, the, the meta narrative of some of the rumors about CM Punk backstage and kind of being a dick, uh, and that being incorporated into hangman's promo tonight and being like, it's not about what happens out here when the red light is on. It's about the little moments backstage. And that's exactly what I need to save this company from is you and and the problem that you represent. Um, and then taking a shot at him about being like, you pretend to be about workers rights, but like 
it's not real with you. Uh, and like, I feel like Hangman Page is someone that a lot of us as fans put a lot of hope in as like pro wrestling is a shit industry and there's a lot of shit people in it. And Mm -hmm. so many times as a fan, you'll start to like idolize somebody and then you find out that they're a complete piece of shit. And it's really tough then to find somebody that you feel comfortable like really getting behind and like emotionally connecting to and hangman page is one of those guys that you can be a fan of and feel really good about because like i don't think he's never gonna make mistakes but i feel confident that when if and when he makes a mistake that he'll apologize learn from it and do better moving forward and that's like the mentality that he has because i i think he's like actually a good person um Mm -hmm. And as silly as that sounds, like that shit matters. And Mm -hmm. it's one of the reasons why I am such a huge fan of his. So, yeah. Yeah. I have have expected CM Punk to be like, it's not personal. I know this wasn't his story, but it's what's best for business. Like he was (laughs) towing the line of basically saying like, like seriously, like that's what yeah, he was leaning right. into here. Cause it's basically like, Hey, it's not personal. It's not personal. What's always followed by the phrase. It's not personal. It's just business kid. It's just business. Mm-hmm. And that's the CM Punk side of this is, is CM Punk was brought in because it was good business. The CM Punk return. They remember it was rampage. It was all out in Chicago. Like, they built the whole basically month of August and September around a returning CM Punk. It shook waves in the wrestling industry. It was talked about on the athletic SI, the ringer, like big media companies were talking about the return of CM Punk. Um, And you can, these, these future success of AW relies on CM Punk, maybe even more so than hangman page, just from what it means for the business side of things. Like, when Tony goes to the negotiation tables in a few years for the new TV deal, he's going to tout a few days, a few days. Yeah. Um, he can tout like, Hey, look at the numbers CM Punk brought in. Look at all the merchandise sales, look at the gate sales. And I love hangman page, but from a global wrestling business, he's not that draw yet. And that's what makes this so amazing because hangman page could definitely be that he has, no ceiling on his potential. Like he could be the best wrestler of all time. He's that damn good. But we got someone on the other side who has been that and done that. And I was kind of so, so on this story because it kind of seemed weird. It, it got off to a rough start because payman page wasn't there due to COVID. And they kind of had a few weeks before they came face to face, but I'm, I'm all in on this now. This is, this is fun. Well, and tonight kind of flipped it back to Punk being the heel and mm-hmm. Paige You're going to shake my hand. You're going to shake my hand. Well, like, and even beyond that, being like, hey, all of this is here because of me. Like, no, the fuck it isn't. <laughs> like, Well, yeah, the, you know, the road you're on, I paved, you know. Like, right, like that whole thing. Okay, but you weren't alone, right? CM Punk didn't single-handedly build the indies. Like, 
there's another guy in the company right now who has just as much, if not more, to do with that than CM Punk, and that's Brian Danielson. Yeah, but that's the thing, man. Heels. Exactly. Heels. And that's, so that's a, the thing. Is like, <laughs> as soon as he started talking about that, like, you know, I I cut down the trees that, you know, provided the lumber. Like, that whole line of, like, this is all here because of me. Like, that's, like, ultimate heel shit. Um, mm-hmm. And the that he was so, like, calm and dispassionate the whole time. Like, it really flipped back to where I had thought that Hangman Page was going to go into this as the heel and Punk was going to be more in the babyface role. And I think we flipped right back to Punk as a heel, fuck Punk, and and go Adam Page. And, yeah. you know, fun it's a battle for note. the soul of AEW. <laughs> yeah. Fun, fun little fact. The pipe bomb was 11 years ago in the same arena in Las Vegas. Uh, mm-hmm. Off by a month, but I found it fun that they referenced that. Like Las Vegas has big, you know, sentimental reasons for me. Yeah, because you you have one of the greatest promos of all time. Um, Joel, you mentioned you're scared that Hangman Page is losing the belt, and you should be because CM Punk is walking out of Las Vegas as the new AEW World Champion. I'm sorry, I've said for months. I've said MJF will be the one who takes it off of Hangman Page. Kind of like how I thought Hangman Page was always going to take it off Omega. Plans change. Punk will be your champion, who will then drop it to MJF at All Out in Chicago in September. <laughs> book it. I'll just go ahead and book the damn territory while you're at it. Book the damn territory. Kind of book uh, myself over. So... <laughs> I, of course, am contractually obligated to choose Hangman Page in this match. Uh, But I also, I wouldn't be able to look myself in the mirror if I did not choose Hangman Page in this match. uh, Because sometimes you just got to go with your heart, um, regardless of what your head says. And this is one of those times. And I I hope that Tony goes with his heart as well. And uh, I hope that the crowd in attendance goes with their heart. And that we have a crowd that is cheering for Hangman Page. Oh, they and were booing all, CM Punk tonight. For all that is right and good in, in <laughs> AEW. We we need a Brett screwed Brett, like heel Montreal <laughs> screw job moment in AEW. Like we need that moment. And honestly, we've talked before. CM Punk, he's great. He might be a better heel though, overall. Like there's nothing better than like just Sactimonia's piece of shit punk i'm better than you i'm preaching to you and you like yeah i don't know i heel heel punk doesn't really work for my mgf story but i i had i'm just going i'm seeing punk it's gonna win it and i'm we'll be watching it together joel so i can comfort you (laughs) (laughs) i can comfort you and and uh you know kind of just rub it in your face i'm gonna win another pay-per-view yeah so comforting um that that's it though. That concludes. Yeah. Our, our any, preview. any any thoughts before we go get out of here? I, I have one thing, and I kind of touched on it earlier. Just kind of the amount of stars who aren't on this show. We've talked about the the roster glut right now, but Red Dragon's not on this card. Darby Allen's not on this card. They just tweeted that Sting won't be able to make it this weekend because I guess some medical issue from last week could be kayfabe. I don't know, but. 
Darby Allen Sting aren't on this card. FTR is not on this card. Um, as of this moment, Sammy Guevara uh, isn't on this card, even though I expect that mixed tag match to get added um, this weekend as well. But yeah, it there's a lot of people not on this show, and I don't know like if it's good or bad. It might just be, you know, not everyone gets on. Oh, or oh, Orange Cassidy's hurt, so I guess that's not really a surprise. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. And Tony Storm's not on the fucking card. Ugh. So, all right. Let's not start that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. You can give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at the Other Wrestling Show, Twitter at OWS underscore Pod, Joel at the Other Joel, me at Michael underscore Randa. You can get your podcast wherever you get your podcasts: Apple Podcast, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher. We're there. Give us a subscribe. Give us a follow. You can email us at the Other Wrestling Show at gmail.com. And Joel, anything to say before I pack for my flight <laughs> tomorrow? Join the Dark Order. Join the Dark Order. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling.